Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up to the claw on this Friday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Birdsy, what's going on? Did you miss me yesterday? We didn't see each other yesterday. We didn't have oh, a we show. Did not. Did miss we me? did not. No, we did not. All but right. Yeah, I got to that Cardinal game, I think about uh, 1030, just to make sure I beat all the traffic. <laughs> I'm glad you went early. Oh, yeah. Man, I'll tell you, I got to tell you, though, I was... I was with Gambo at the Suns game on Wednesday for the opener. Tremendous opener. Uh, very very entertaining comeback. Incredible how they came back in that game, right? But, man, I tell you, Gambo set a record for the, the minute that game ended to when he was packed and ready to go to beat the traffic. I didn't know somebody could load up their backpack as fast <laughs> as you did. Seriously, that game ended, and I, I looked at the cart, Great I looked game. at you, and you were already standing up giving me a fist bump walking out the door. Oh. I'm like, go get him! Go get him, Gambo! See ya! Yeah, it's... uh. Yeah, the the Cardinals isn't you know the Cardinals is just different because it's you know seventy thousand people compared to you know seventeen, so Fair it's just enough. a lot different going to the. <laughs> Seriously, that was Gambo. He was just like out of here. I'm gone. Um, but he stayed for the whole game, so he wasn't. It wasn't that. He just... Well, we got some wins. We got some wins. We got to some talk wins. About. We got That's win. the good news. We got a win on Wednesday nights, and we got ourselves a win on. Thursday night football. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Hurry under center. Drops back. Takes a knee. And the Arizona Cardinals put up 42 points, the most of the Cliff Kingsbury era. The national nightmare is over. 361 days later. 361 days later. The Arizona Cardinals win at State Farm Stadium. They beat the Saints last night by a score of 42-34. to Welcome back, DeAndre Hopkins. A lot to unpack from that game last night, Gambo. No, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's, you know, we, we, we said, I mean, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. He comes back to the lineup and uh, very reliant on Hop. If you compare, you know, what he did to what every other receiver did, it was about the same. <laughs> you know, he had the same output as every everybody else combined receiving, but he was great. I mean, they targeted him 14 times. He had the 10 catches for 103 yards, and and he was critical, Bernsey, on the three touchdown drives that the offense was able to um, have. He he was great. Like he he had a hand in all three of those touchdown drives with really nice plays. Look, getting him back, we you know I didn't think there was any doubt, and you brought it up yesterday or two days ago about hey he's really good in first games. This wasn't an injury he's coming back from. He was ready to play. They were going to target him. They were going to go to him like nothing, like he missed nothing. They went right back to DeAndre Hopkins like they should have, like he's one of the best players in the NFL, and he proved that he was. Yeah, and he thought that they were going to ease him back in or he was going to ease himself back in. And i got to admit, I had those thoughts earlier in the week, like wondering you know, just how rusty is he going to be. Man, there, there was no rust. There was no waiting around. There was no easing him back in. This wasn't Robbie Anderson last night, you know, who was on the field a little bit, but not a lot. This was right back to, okay, he is our guy. 
in some ways, in many ways. I think this offense is addicted to having DeAndre Hopkins out there. We talked about it on Wednesday, whether, you know, in the short term, it's a good thing, but in the long term, it's still kind of a bad thing that you got to figure out a way without him from time to time. Um, but it was all on display last night. It was very obvious Kyler is very comfortable throwing to him. I loved Loved, loved the fact that they moved him all over the field. He was on the left. He was on the right. He was on the slot. He was here as opposed to motion. what we've seen in years. Motion. Right, in motion. Oh, I, I forgot about that, but that too, right? We've seen in years past where D-Hop just on the left and not running a whole lot of patterns. He was all over the field last night. I know we're going to get into that a little bit more later in the show, but that was that was one of the big – like every time I would look at my screen, or you were at the game, I know, and I'd see DeAndre Hopkins lined up on the right, I would say to myself, Hey, look at that. DeAndre Hopkins is on the right side of the field. I, I never see him over there. It's, it was almost like a cause for a mini celebration just to see yeah. him on that side of the field. No, I mean, it's and that's the damned if you do, damned if you don't. Kyler Murray is so reliant on DeAndre Hopkins. And when I got home from the game last night, I threw on NFL game day just to just see what they were saying about the game. And they put up a stat. Kyler Murray with and without DeAndre Hopkins. With DeAndre Hopkins, he's got nine wins and two losses, which is phenomenal. He's got a pa- he averages two hundred and seventy one and a half yards per game, and he's got twenty touchdown passes to nine interceptions. Now, without him, in just about the same amount of games, he's three and seven, only two hundred and forty six yards passing per game, eleven touchdowns to, to five interceptions. So, eleven games with Hopkins, he's nine and two. Ten games without Hopkins, he's three and seven. It brings us to the point that you know we just got to have to sign DeAndre Hopkins to a to a lifetime extension as long as Kyler's here. You get to play because they, they can't play without you. Yeah. Cliff can't play without you. Kyler can't play without you. And it looked he comes back, they get a win. Their offense has three scoring drives. I mean, it was kind of what we wanted, but it was also kind of what we were afraid of. The yes. fact that they weren't able with a whole off season to figure it out, they weren't even able to figure out how to move this offense without DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, we talked, we talked, you and I extensively, we talked about this on the air on Wednesday, how okay, look, no one's going to not want it, All right, No one's going to not want DeAndre Hopkins to be great. No one's going to not want Kyler Murray to be great throwing the ball to D-Hop. We all all want to see what this offense can be, but this huge sample size it feels like we've had now of how this offense functions without him, it's just, it's glaringly obvious now, right? Like, they, they have to have him out there, and if they don't have him out out there, they're going to get lost, and not even, not even. And I know we'll get into the spat specifically a little bit between Cliff and Kyler, all right. But not even as a weapon for Kyler to throw to. Who was the first guy who was in there, kind of put an arm in between Cliff and Kyler when they were going through that yeah. thing at the end of the D-hop. first half? D hop, right? Yeah. And then yeah. I don't know. You probably didn't see it because you were on the way home. But Jarecki, Mike Jarecki, our good friend, pointed out on Twitter, and I actually watched this, and I'm glad he reminded me of this. DeAndre Hopkins on the Amazon postgame show said that last week they had a players-only meeting and that he made it a point to make sure Kyler was the first one to speak at the players-only meeting. So here's this influence that D-Hop is having for Kyler on the field, right? He targets him all the time. He's throwing his way the whole time. But then off the field, it's almost like he's... Kyler's Mr. Miyagi, right? Like he's Kyler's Mick. Like he's Kyler's, okay, I'm going to kind of guide you and, and counsel you and get you through this. And, and it was, it was just very obvious last night that. 
Kyler needs DeAndre Hopkins on the field. So you're right. Lifetime extension. Pay him whatever <laughs> he wants to sign him through his late 30s. Don't care because I, I don't know how many more games I want to see without him for the Cardinals offensively. No, they had th- three touchdown drives. In one of them, he had catches of 18 yards, seven and seven. So three catches for 32 yards on a 13-play, 75-yard drive. The next touchdown uh, drive, they, he had catches of 17, 9, and 17. 43 yards out of their 85. And on a final touchdown drive, he had a 14-yard catch. They went eight plays in 64 yards. His fingerprints... We're all over this victory. They were all over this victory. His presence on the field, his ability to make these incredible catches. Murray threw a ball that should have been picked off, but the guy was so worried about DeAndre Hopkins that he didn't even turn around. Hopkins just <laughs> caught it on the right sideline. Yeah, remember, remember that, that play? Yeah, I do remember that. Like one, turn yeah. around, it's yours. You're going to take it to the house. But Murray's not. Murray is not afraid to throw the ball with D with D Hop there. He's got incredible hands. He uh, his presence was was felt immediately. I thought they were going to throw to him on the first play of the game. You know, <laughs> let's get. We sure. were talking about that in the press box you know they're gonna go to him right away um but it's you know it's the numbers don't lie nine and two with them three and seven without him 20 touchdown passes with them 11 touchdown passes without him same amount of games big difference kyler's a different quarterback i wish it wasn't this way i really wish that kyler you know would be able to figure out how to play without him but it is what it is they have to have DeAndre Hopkins in order for this offense to be somewhat successful. He was targeted 14 times last night. The next closest pass catcher for the Cardinals was targeted five times. All right, so you're, you're talking about three times the amount of targets that anybody else got. By the way, that player was uh, Eno Benjamin, who got the five targets. D-Hop after the game. Spent a lot of time in all season preparing for this moment. Obviously, I knew what I was up against being out his games. I got to get thanks to everybody who had a hand in me coming out and being there to perform. It takes a team, trainers, uh, rehab people, uh, nutritionists. So um, I think today obviously was a success. the main goal is to win. So uh, for me, if I had 10, 10 catches and 10 yards, if uh, we would have won a game, I, w- I would still be very ecstatic. Now, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on this, uh, are we calling it a Big Red Friday? Is that what we're calling it? Why not? This Big Red Friday. The big winners of yesterday's game? Oh, they were all on the same side of the field last night for the Cardinals. We'll talk about what truly won this game for Arizona next on the Burns and Gambo show. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Let's go! Presented by 72 Soul. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Throws back to the end zone and it's picked off. Antonio Hamilton in the back of the end zone with the interception. He takes a knee. Fires over the middle. The ball is tipped into the air and it's picked off at the 30-yard line. Running left to the 20. Marco Wilson to the 10. He high steps and then he does a flip into the end zone for the touchdown. Marco Wilson with a pick six. Throws over the middle and a one-handed interception by Isaiah Simmons in midfield. Runs it back to the left of the 40. At the 30. At the 25. At the 20. And Simmons in, back-to-back. Interception returns for touchdowns by the Cardinals at the end of the half. Man, you tell me, take away one thing from last night's Cardinals win over the Saints on Thursday Night Football. No disrespect to D-Hop at all. I get it. He's the story. He's a star. Gambo, the first thing I'm thinking about is back-to-back pick sixes. Absolutely. That's the first thing I'm going to think of when I think of that game. It's just like, man, that was a 
show. Marco Wilson with the batted ball, returning it, doing the flip in the end zone. Posterizing, posterizing Andy Dalton. It was like an NBA game when a guy dunks on another guy. I'm looking at the picture right now. Dalton's got this look on his face like, oh, God, what have I done? And Marco Wilson is behind him like he's one of those dunkers at a Suns basketball game who used the trampoline, Mm. right, to jump like 20 feet in the air when he's dunking the basketball. It's incredible to look at the still shot of it last night. And then Isaiah Simmons. Oh, the freak show last night. I almost lost my mind in the press box when he made that play. Because, (laughs) you know, I like to, um, I I think you do, I like to focus sometimes on on just one player on a play instead of just looking at the whole field. Sometimes I like to focus on one player. And, man, if I just didn't get so lucky on that play. On that play, I just decided to focus on Isaiah Simmons. Just just him. And when he made that play, I looked at Tyler Drake next to me like, oh, my God. Like, that's one of the best plays I've ever seen. And it wasn't until, like, the replays came out that you were able to understand, like, how great of a play it was. But I, you know, like I said, I was fortunate that I just centered on Isaiah Simmons. I wanted to read him on that play and that play only. I only was focused on him. That play, I almost lost my mind because I couldn't stop talking about it. It was one of the great plays that I've seen this year. It was a sensational play by Isaiah Simmons. I don't know that there's other players in the league that can make that play because he's leaning one way. That I mean, Dalton threw it in a good spot. Like, he threw it where it would have been a completion, but that freaky length and athleticism and, and I don't even know how he was able to catch the ball. And then he got a great block by Murphy, and then went all the way into the end zone. And, and I'm telling Burns, I'm telling, I, I couldn't stop thinking about that play the whole way home because it was such a great play. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at a still shot that uh, Mark McLuhan, our buddy over Channel 3 and Channel 5, posted on social media. And it's it's got the caption, how many people on the planet make this catch? And it's a picture of Isaiah doing exactly what you're talking about. His body's going one way. His arm is going another. He's reaching out. He just has one hand on the ball. That's it. And it doesn't look like there's any... I mean, if you bat it in the air, maybe you come down with it. But to catch it like that and to pull it in, and then that explosive speed, right? The, just the freakiness yeah. that is Isaiah Simmons, the reason why he was the eighth pick overall. He exploded past everybody. I, I mean, I, I don't... One guy maybe had a chance to get a mitt on him, and even then, it wasn't that good of a chance. Yeah, that that those back-to-back plays for entirely different reasons. I mean, that's the ball game. I mean, I, it I, is. I think about it. It That crazy sequence, all right, going from three minutes left in the half to 57 seconds left in the half. You had Kyler converting on a fourth and one. You had Kyler, the, the, the Cardinals calling a timeout. Kyler loses his mind to Cliff. The Keontae Ingram touchdown. The first pick six. The second pick six. It took about 135 seconds of game action for that game to totally flip on everybody last night thanks to those two guys. I, I, I Call me crazy. I, I think the defense did a really good job last night. But despite that, they gave up almost 500 yards of offense. Andy Dalton had like four touchdowns. They, they New Orleans scored 34 points. But I think the defense played great. Three interceptions, two returned for a touchdown. 17 of those points, by the way, fourth quarter when the Cardinals had the lead and they were playing prevent. There were no sacks in the game for the Arizona Cardinals, but they shut down their rushing game. Kamaru had 49 yards rushing in that game. Hill only had nine. Now, Chris Olave ate him alive. There's no doubt about that. But, I mean, Zabin Collins had a good game. Every tackle he made was a short tackle. Um 
I, I think that the defense played really well. Now you can look at the yards and the points and not you know not be happy about it. But to me, I, I, despite that, I think the defense played really well. Well, it's uh, and you're looking at the numbers, right? Thirty four points they allowed, twenty five first downs they allowed, four hundred and ninety four yards, seven yards per play they allowed. But Gambo, this is and you got to give the credit to the defense for giving them the freedom to play from out in front. But that is the power of playing from out in front, and that is the power that the Cardinals have very infrequently been able to enjoy this year, right? They have been chasing, chasing, chasing every game they've played. They've never led it. They've hardly led at all this season. When you get out in front like that now, it allows you to play in those moments where, you know, the cliche, Ben, don't break. I mean, it's a cliche, but it's also kind of true, right? You can you can kind of keep them in front of you, give up some yards here, know when you need to stiffen up, know when you can't give up any points. Points. And so the stuff the Saints were doing in the second half, they were moving the ball, they were getting points, but it never, ever, ever got to the point where it felt like a threat. It never got to the point where you thought, uh-oh, you know, maybe if they get an onside kick here, or maybe something happens there. But it never got to the point where the Cardinals were in real jeopardy of, of okay, we, we got to, this game's about to get out of control from us. That's the benefit of playing from ahead, and that's what the Cardinals defense was able to give them with those back-to-back pick six. Yeah, it was. And and those plays, I mean, th- those are game-changing plays. I mean, you know, a quarterback throws two pick six, you're probably going to lose the football game. I mean, you're probably going to lose. Three interceptions overall. And, and the sad part about it is that Antonio Hamilton's interception was a huge play huge in the play. game. Huge play. Huge play that gets overlooked because of the dynamics of the other two plays. They were just so sensational because you had the Isaiah play. I lost, again, I lost my mind. I couldn't believe how great of a play it was. And then Marco Wilson, you know, just, I mean, that wasn't a great play by him. It was off of a receiver's hands and he caught it. He went in and he made, he did that unbelievable flip and you got the posterize on. But that, but the Hamilton interception, where they were in the game, where they were on the field to, to make that play in the end zone was huge. I mean, that was as big of an interception as the other two in many ways because again i mean they were they were third and eight at the at the 10 yard line well, they were at the 10 yard line because it's okay cuz you have a very tangible reaction to pick sixes right points are directly going on the board for your team when your team has a pick six well when you have an interception in the end zone it, it's in some ways it's almost the exact same effect okay no points are going on the board but points aren't going on the board because of that. There's at least a field goal there, of course, if Antonio Hamilton doesn't pick that up because they were in the red zone, and I'm sure they were going to get some points off of that. It was. Now, that play, of all the, of all the picks that Dalton threw... That was the worst one of the bunch, I thought, because the, the Marco Wilson, as you mentioned, it was tipped. The Isaiah Simmons, not a great pass, but Isaiah Simmons made a freaky good play to get that pick. He had no business throwing that ball when he did. I mean, that was the, no double coverage. The window was way too tight. And I'm just, look, really happy for a guy like Antonio Hamilton. That's his first interception in any game of any kind since he was at South Carolina in 2015. Think about how many teams he's bounced around with in the NFL. I didn't even know that. And for his first career, yes, he's never had one. Never had one. Apparently, according to Paul Calvisi, he went and handed the ball to his wife in the stands. I mean, you think about wow. everything he went through with the with the grease burns in the offseason and having to miss the first few weeks of the season. What a great moment for him. I was so happy for him in that moment. Right, right. And again, I mean, he, he's hey, I had a great play too, but like he, like he just... 
yelled it down in the end zone. But again, at that point in the game, New Orleans scores 7 nothing. Cardinals come back, kick a field goal, 7-3. New Orleans is driving. They take the ball at the 25-yard line, and you're like, oh, my God. They just they, they drive all the way down the field. They're at the 10-yard line. They're about to go up either you know either 10-3 or 14-3, or and then Hamilton makes that huge play. And on top of that, makes the play. The Cardinals come down the field. They get in a, they, and, and, and they get themselves uh, a touchdown uh, there. So they were able to get points after that interception. They were, oh, they got a field goal. They were able field to get goal. a field goal yeah. right after that that interception by Hamilton. So huge play by him. Yeah, big moments for the defense last night. When we come back, first let me remind you, as always, here on Burns and Gambo, you can text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line. It's open for you at 620-620 right now. We get a chance. We'll read some of the best ones on the air. We come back. Cliff versus Kyler. The shouting match for all the world to see. What did it mean? That's next. Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. And we've got Mr. Ruby here, who is also the co-host of our Cardinals podcast. Along with Tyler Drake. You can look for more Cardinals content. You can get that with him and Tyler as well from the Arizona Sports app or at ArizonaSports.com. He's also here with our Twitter poll question of the day. Eric, what you got for us today? That's right. We're doing those cross promotions. You can find these Twitter polls on at Burns and Gambo on Twitter. We've got two for you, one big picture, one small picture. We'll stick to small picture this time because it plays into what you guys just talked about and what you're about to talk about. It might be a race for second place, but what will you think about the most when looking back at Cardinal Saints? You've got four options. Option number one is the double pick six. Option number two, Cliff versus Kyler. Option number three is the return of D-Hop. And option number four, winning at home for the first time in nearly a year. Easy for me. I mean, you don't you don't you don't see double pick sixes very often. I mean, that stands out like a sore thumb, and it would too you know, the, the tremendous. I mean, tremendous plays the the flip by by Hamilton, but the play by Isaiah was incredible. So yeah. that that to me is the the winner. It's it's hard for anything to overshadow. I mean, it's actually a good question because they're all worthy of a lot of attention. Um, but for me, it's double pick sixes. It's just it, like D Hop coming back was a huge huge story. But would you say that's like your second place? If I had to choose a second place, I would say the return of D Hop. Yeah, that's probably what I pick. Gambo, yeah, would too. you go same? Yeah, I'd go. i go the return of D Hop over the Cliff and Kyler. You know. Spat. Spat. Whatever, Whatever you want to call it. Call it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the people yeah. would uh, go with you guys as well. It's an overwhelming 57.9%. The double pick six, the flip into the end zone, all of it going with most memorable. In second place is D-Hop's return, 17.6%. And tied for last, it's winning at home, and it's the spat between Cliff and Kyler at 12%. Those are both tied for last, huh? All right, that's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page, at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find it. And a timeout called by the Cardinals because the play clock was winding down. That's their last timeout. Tyler Murray caught on camera. He is screaming at the sideline, and I don't know who that was directed at. It looks like it's Cliff Kingsbury. In fact, Tyler is still yelling at Cliff. D-Hop and Sean Jefferson have to step in a little bit. Boy, oh boy. That was a sight last night, wasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, it became a national story, and it was talked about on, on all the shows this morning. And, you know, the Keyshawn, J. Will, and then the uh, the Good Morning uh, America, whatever, the Good Morning Football. Like, I, I, I tuned yeah. in to see what they would they would do. It's a, um, listen, I'm not going to say it's much ado about nothing, but I, I'm not going to make this like, oh, my God, I'm so all these people on Twitter. This is Kyler's immaturity, and this is why you shouldn't get him, and everything like that. It's a bad look. It's a bad look. I don't like it. It's, it's a bad look. Uh, definitely a little over the top. Um, but I don't think that this has any bearing at all on what happens today, tomorrow, next week, or anything like that. Kylo let his emotions get the best of him. He, you know, Cliff was obviously chirping in his ear about a play and a play, and he ran a play, and he called a timeout, and he was, he was angry, and he was pissed, and he, he let those emotions go. I like the passion. I do like the passion, but I'm not one of those people that is just going to lose my mind over this, and this is the kid's too immature, and nobody no veteran would do this. And I, 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 don't, I, I honestly don't think it's as big of a deal as some people are making it out to be. It's definitely not as big a deal as some people are making it out to be. Uh, I, but I, I think it is a deal. You know, I, I mean, I, I think it's a, I, I think it's a deal in that they've already been caught once on tape, kind of jawing at each other. I, I, I struggle is either the Carolina game or the Philly game. I can't remember, but we saw that moment where they were kind of they were kind of barking at each other a little bit. And I, I, I don't want this to become like an every week thing. Now, look, I'm not naive. I'm not. I, I get it, man. I've been covering football, watching football for my whole feels like my whole life. Okay. These things are going to happen. Guys are going to get upset. It's a very emotional game. There's a lot of adrenaline involved. Everybody's, you know, and there's a lot of pressure. There was obviously a lot of pressure on the Cardinals last night to win that football game. But I, there, it was, it was very. I mean, it was disrespectful, right? I mean, like he really went after him and he really made a big deal out of it. I mean, to the point where you got to have D Hop kind of step in and put an arm in there, and Sean Jefferson, and then Kyler kind of walks away and he turns back around and starts doing it. Again. Again, if that becomes an every week thing where every single week they are caught on camera barking at each other after a timeout, it might not be a problem now. It will be a problem. It will grow to become a problem if every single week they're getting caught on tape doing something like that. I mean, you don't want that happening every single week because then it might suggest some larger disconnect between coach and quarterback, which is supposed to be kind of like the foundational relationship of your football team, right? I mean, it all kind of starts with those two guys to make sure they're on the same page. I just I just don't want to see it becoming every week thing. I get it, and I don't think it will be. We've never had it uh, up to this point. Kyler's been the quarterback for 53 or 54 games, and this is the first time where, you know, where we've seen, you know, him yelling. Second time. No, second time. It happened a couple. Second time? Yeah, it happened a couple weeks. Not as bad. Not like this, but yeah, it it happened happened a couple of weeks ago where they were jawing at each other. I think it was the Carolina game. I'd have to go back and look at my notes, but but those are the only two times I could remember where it's happened. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I don't, I, I, I don't want to say it's nothing, and I get the people that that do. I think more than anything, it's a bad look for, you know, a bad look for them. But I don't think it's going to affect their ability to go forward. Definitely over the top. You didn't have to do that if you were Kyler, but I think he was angry, and uh, and I don't know how much Cliff was in his ear when he was trying to figure out to get the get the play in. I don't know how much Cliff was talking when when maybe Cliff should have just shut up so Kyler could get the play in and said they called the timeout. So that could have had something to do with it as well. Well, here's what Kyler said about it after the game. He- 
he was he was asked if okay, so they call a timeout. Of course, they would score a touchdown on the next play, but it was first and goal from the two, and they have to burn a timeout, which we've seen time and time again from Cliff and the and, and the, the team when they're in those moments and they have to burn timeouts when they shouldn't have to. Kyler was asked if Cliff was upset with the timeout. No, the clock was running down, um, and we we couldn't have got off the play that we were trying to run, so it was. I guess it was my fault. I don't know, I'll take it. I don't know. She said, and Cliff wasn't screaming in his ear necessarily. No, he's not screaming in my ear. I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, I, I just see the antics, you know. <laughs> so it's more of a visual thing, right? Oh, like it's, right, right. It's yeah. more of a, and I remember, it's it's funny. I mean, this is not, and this is not Mitch, by the way. Producer I used to have a while ago, and this, again, this is not a football comp necessarily but I used to have a producer in the radio industry who on the other side of the glass in the middle of the show if things didn't go well would just like start freaking out and I had to tell him at some point dude when you freak out you make me freak out don't freak out right like if you're going to freak out I need to not see because if I see you freaking out I'm on the air now I'm going to start freaking out trying to figure out what you're freaking out about in there you know and it sounded like last night that's what it was with Kyler like he looked over at the sideline and he saw Cliff freaking out about something and that that's what that's why he went over to him and was yelling calm the bleep down calm the bleep down calm the bleep down and and so it's it, it doesn't sound like it was something being said at his ears it was something visual that Kyler was reacting to yeah and like I said I think that they'll I think that they'll, they'll, the the mini buy you'll have some time I, I don't think that you know it's going to be awkward when Kyler comes to uh, to practice hop got in there and, and maybe maybe it takes some of the leadership group, uh, you know, in the room, the Hopkins or J.J. Watt, to just say, make sure everything's good, just make sure everything's good with you guys, you know, we need both of you, you know, I, you know we need you guys, and, you know, but I don't, I think it, I think it is fine, I, I I do think it is fine, I mean, it went out there, and it can, they continued to play, and they played well, and it wasn't like Cliff was like, oh, you're going to talk to me like that, okay, you're benched, Colt, go in, you're in, well, you yeah, know. no, I mean, I mean, he's not going to do that, but I'll tell you something else, too, had they lost that game last night, this is a way big deal, don't you think? Or do you? Yeah, because you know maybe yeah because I as me and you both discussed like I think the I think the season's over if they yeah. if they lose that game yeah I, I, if they lose last night I think this is a way big deal if they lose last night I think it's our top or maybe second most top story of the day because now we start using that as evidence that uh oh this is this is broken uh oh you're two and five you're fading you're falling out none of this happens so this is all a hypothetical but I'm trying to envision this world in which they lost that game last night and if they did the exact same thing happened between Cliff and Kyler oh you better believe that would have been one of if not the main takeaways from that game last night that blow up so it's a good thing they won, so it's not, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And again, I, I, I would be very surprised if we go back and like the you, this happens again in the next couple of games. And if it happens every now and then, it's just, you know what, it's two guys that are very passionate and they both really want to win. And I, I think you can at least admit to that, that it's it's nice to see the passion you know, that they have for, for what's going on and some anger with each other. But, you know, I mean... People can get angry with each other, and it doesn't affect their ability to work together. No. People can get angry with each other, and you know. Now, listen. I mean, I, I, what he said to you know what, what he said to Kyler. If I ever if I ever said that to my wife, I'd probably be sleeping outside on the. <laughs> You know, I know that's what on the ground. There was a buddy of ours who made that joke on Twitter. Oh, that, somebody uh, that um, yeah that um, if you like D hop after the game said you know it's kind of like a marriage and you know sometimes people argue in a marriage and you got that for me play that one for me here will you. 
I love to see that. I mean, honestly, I love being part of a team that two people are dedicated and that focused on winning. And obviously, you're going to butt heads. I'm not married, but from what I hear, that's like a marriage. Uh, no. If I ever told my wife to calm the bleep down, yeah, that marriage is ending rather quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, to your point. I'm sleeping with, I'm sleeping with one eye open. <laughs> I'm sleeping with one eye open oh, that man. whole night. I'm sleeping. I'm, I'm, not, I'm sleeping somewhere else. I'm not home. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in a hotel somewhere. If I my wife, my wife, my, my wife is, if, my wife is half Mexican, father's from Sinaloa, and then half Irish. <laughs> I'd be sleeping one eye open. <laughs> no. No, you sleep, D-hop. honey? Nope. I'm nope. still awake, babe. No, still D-hop. awake. Marriage does not function like that. No. <laughs> At least not mine. And that sounds like not Gambo's either. When we come back, the Arizona Cardinals got the win last night. But right in the middle of the game, huge breaking news in the NFC West that we got to talk about. And we will next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back to pass goes Mayfield again. Looks over the middle, lobbing it. The captain look. Catch for a touchdown. In traffic, over the middle. Christian McCaffrey with Zayvon Collins draped all over and somehow made the grab. 26-16 with 4.47 to go. It really was one of those, wait, what kind of moments last night? Where you're watching the game, bebopping along, no problem, taking your notes, whatever, getting ready for a Cardinals win on Thursday night football, and then somewhere around, what was it, halfway through the third quarter, right at the beginning of the third quarter, Adam Schefter reports that the San Francisco 49ers have acquired Christian McCaffrey from the Carolina Panthers, and then a few minutes later, they reported the compensation that they gave up for him, a second rounder, a third rounder, a fourth rounder, a fifth in 2024, you're oh my God, what is this? And suddenly, the like the attention nationally, I think, in some ways, shifted away from the game and onto this big bold move that the division rival of the Cardinals did, the 49ers, right in the middle of that game last night. Yeah, it took uh, it took center stage on a lot of the shows. It's a big move. It's a big move by the 49ers. It gives them a a, a dynamic offensive weapon, one they they can really use right now. The team with Debo. And when he's healthy, we all know this, uh, that the biggest thing for him is health. When he's healthy, he's one of the best players in the NFL. He's a hard guy to stop. And now the Cardinals are going to have to face him three times because they faced him once with Carolina already, and they haven't played San Francisco yet. But I, I, I thought this was a big deal. And that, listen, it's draft picks. Like they're, giving, they're giving away a lot of draft picks to get Christian McCaffrey. So they're in a position where they don't have many draft picks going forward. They gave up a 2023 second rounder, third rounder, fourth rounder, and then a fifth rounder next year. So a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth to get McCaffrey. Now they're in a good position because most of McCaffrey's contract this year was already paid for by the Panthers, but this is a dynamic player, and you know, if he's healthy, he makes them that much better. Yeah, the question is the health. Now, the, the 49ers, as it turns out, kind of had the, the, there's like the, there's two angles to this with what the 49ers did to get him. Number one, they did have a surplus of 
picks, and I'll let Adam Schefter explain. Keep in mind that the 49ers had extra picks from losing Robert Sala to the New York Jets and from losing Mike McDaniel to the Miami Dolphins and from losing Martin Mayhew to the Washington Commanders. So the 49ers had six bonus third-round picks spread over years in part that helped fund this trade for Christian McCaffrey that they agreed to tonight. And that was part of the reason why they had the flexibility to do it. They had all these comp picks coming their way, and, and we've we've talked about this a little bit to a much lesser extent with the Cardinals and having the flexibility to make some of the moves that they have made because they know they've got comp picks kind of coming their way too, and so it gives you that power to do it if you want. But then the other side of that story is the 49ers, okay, yeah, they've got some extra picks, but they're quickly turning into the Rams in terms of a team that just apparently screw the picks. We don't care about picks. The picks don't, you know, we give them all up for Trey Lance, don't care. Give them all up for, for Christian McCaffrey, don't care. Doesn't matter. We're, we're, we're going for it. We're in win-now mode with this football team, and as we saw with the Rams last year, it works. You pay a price for it when you don't have those picks later on. But for the now, for the here and the now, it worked for the Rams. And the Niners are obviously trying to duplicate that. Yeah. I mean, the Cardinals, look, they made a trade for Robbie Anderson. I expect the Rams to make a trade. This thing is wide open. This thing is wide open with these three teams. Um, so I would expect that, you know, that, that Arizona is not done. I think that win last night puts them in a position to further make other moves if they feel and it's necessary necessary to do that i don't you know the rams are big spenders so i I expect that the rams are going to do something and the 49ers are probably done because they have no more draft picks to give up i know but they got themselves uh, just an incredible incredible player i mean he is you know he catches the ball out of the backfield he's running it uh, really well right now. So I, I think this was a, a great move for them. It gives them a playmaker that's going to allow them to probably win this division, and it gives them a guy that's going to be a, a hard guy to defend once they get to the playoffs. Yeah, it, it's it's a question of health with him. We all know that with Christian McCaffrey. He missed a stretch of you know 23 out of 33, I think, available games, potential games, that he could have played in over 2020 and 2021 with a variety of Injuries so far this year, it's it's worked out well for them. I think he's played in like eighty five percent of the snaps for Carolina. He's going to be rejuvenated. He hasn't played on a winning football team since his rookie year in the National Football League. He's still doing Christian McCaffrey thing. His yards from scrimmage. He's fourth in the NFL this year in yards from scrimmage. So he's still very much the dual threat that he's always. And, and this is home for him. He went to Stanford. You know, Kyle Shanahan. His father used to coach Christian McCaffrey's father in Denver. I think Kyle Shanahan actually used to babysit Christian McCaffrey if I read the story right today. I mean, there's... Right, like like, Warren's number, the father's number, right? Ed McCaffrey's number when he was in Denver. All sorts sorts of connections there. It's a question of health. And then, much like the Cardinals devoting all those resources to the wide receiver position, how many times have we talked about this on the show, man? Everything they've given up to go get wide receivers. The 49ers are the same way with running backs. My, I'm looking at a tweet right here. Since the 2021 NFL draft, the 49ers have spent a third, a sixth, a third, a second, a third, and a fourth for running backs. All right, that includes the inventory they gave up for Christian McCaffrey. A third, a sixth, 
a third, a second, a third, and a fourth. All in the name of trying to figure out their running back situation. That's nuts. Now, you, you know me. I'm anti-paying running backs. I think that's crazy. I think that's crazy to give up that okay, much inventory but a, but for a, but running but backs. But a premier one becomes on the market how often? Like, very he's rare. a premier player. He's, he's one of the most dynamic. Very rare. He's you're available. Right. Yep. And it's not like a big, con- crazy contract nope. that you're taking nope, on. Not at all. It's just it's picks. It's picks. And right. The, and the 49ers look at, look are, at the numbers. Yep, are showing a willingness to part with those picks and not care about it. And, and that's that's the chance they're taking. I, I if it works out for them and Christian McCaffrey's great, they won't care. They won't base care. Salary, base salary next year, eleven million. Uh, but base salary this year of eleven million. Most of it paid for. Next year, it's twelve million. Um, it, it's let me see. It's financially the deal makes sense for Carolina. He's under contract through 2025 with a base salary of eleven million in 2022, 2023, and twelve million in 2025. So it's like the salary's not crazy nope. for a player that that's that good. Base salary's really low, which is one million this year. So like I. I, you know, a player like this becomes available because they're going nowhere and they know it and they want to gather all these picks and start over. And so you get a great player for a bunch of picks. They didn't give up a first rounder. They didn't give up two first rounders, a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. I think I think that was smart by San Francisco. You got it when you've got a team that you think can win. You got to go for it. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show on this Football Friday, they are the plays that shaped the game. Big Red Reacts is next here on Arizona Sports. The Local sports leader.